Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions again. And speaking of again, Shohei Otani makes history again. Plus, what's the game plan for Phoenix in Game 2 of the NBA Finals? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. I guess we're just going to have to start calling it Champa Bay. I'm sorry, that's it's a bad one, but like, let's go with it. I like it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are now back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions. Tampa takes care of the Canadiens 1-0 to win Lord Stanley's Cup. To join me from Locked On NHL, Mike DiStefano. And Mike, this Lightning team has been awesome for for basically two calendar years now. And we're going to have to start talking about this team in a historical context. Where do you you put this team right now at not just where they are right now, but where they can get to historically, at least in the salary cap era here? They're they're a dynasty in the making. Like if you don't think that they are, then you're you're honestly fooling yourself. It was a couple of years back they went ahead and, and set records for for most points and most wins in a, in a season in an NHL season with like sixty one wins or something like that. They didn't even win the Stanley Cup that year. That was the year that they got bounced out in the first round. They got swept, and then they learned from those mistakes. And then last year they went into the bubble. They went all the way through the gauntlet and ended up winning their first championship. And then this year once again. Again, went through it and finally was able to celebrate with fans in the stands, winning the the second straight title. And I'll do you one better. You're calling them Champa Bay. Here's my kind of cringy dad joke about uh, this this championship: the lightning strike twice. Oh, I love it. I love it. it. That is that is so much less cringy than mine, Mike. I'm a little mad that I didn't think of it. So, <laughs> this team we're not able to complete the sweep. Uh, but you know, five games. This is nothing, nothing to sneeze at here. What has made them so successful over the last three years, as you pointed out? This this has been a, a spectacular run for just a, an incredibly talented team up and down the roster. And that's exactly what it is: roster building. There's no other team that has built a, a roster that is so deep, so well balanced, and and and. Like they're just so well coached at the same time by John Cooper, arguably the best coach in the NHL, despite not getting that type of recognition um, when it comes to to the awards. But it's just super deep. Like you look at this team lines one through four. I mean, the game winner Ross Colton, a, a rookie, a fourth liner, a grinder, a guy who just kind of you know was able to sneak into the lineup a little bit through the playoffs uh, this season, and and just kind of was a dark horse type guy who found himself in a situation where he got to play on a top line with Kalorn out and it was kind of a next man up mentality and he pots the the lone goal and turned out to be the game winner like just those unsung type heroes but they've got them littered all throughout Pat Maroon a fourth liner a a guy who's now won three straight Stanley Cups Um, you know you you look at their defense all six guys are just amazing I mean everyone loves to talk about Victor Hedman but you got to take your hat off to what Ryan McDonough did here 
year in the playoffs. He was outstanding, arguably their best defenseman through the playoffs. That might be a little bit of a hot take, but he was absolutely fantastic. And before the game, coming into game five, John Cooper even said, like, this guy's not going to get any Conn Smythe nominations, but he certainly should be in the conversation. And I have to agree. And he, again, today uh, had himself one heck of a game. So when it comes to it, this team is just built differently. They've got 20 guys who they shove out there on the ice, and there's not a single team that can even stack up to it over the last couple of seasons. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, Shohei Otani makes history again. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why deal with it? RockAuto.com can give you everything you need in your pocket or at your own home, your laptop, your mobile device, your iPad, whatever it is, Go on to Rock Auto and they will get you set up. Why spend up to 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? That's what can happen. This is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And best of all, the prices are reliably low for every customer. Right now, go to rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Canadians might have lost the Stanley Cup final, but it was an historic run for them in the playoffs. Hey there, everyone. This is Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians. The Habs' Miracle Cinderella run is now over with a 3-1 series loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. The Canadians went further than anybody expected. They outperformed every expectation. They dominated teams that on paper were quote-unquote better than them, and this has been a spring and a summer to enjoy. It's absolutely understandable that we as Habs are disappointed and sad that our team would go all the way and not be able to bring home the championship. But Tampa Bay, you have to remember, is the best team in the NHL, has been for a few years now, for the better part of a decade, actually. And the Canadians are still not even in their cup contending window. Their contending window doesn't even open until two or three years from now. I think we can be proud of this team and what it brought. It was exciting. It made us happy. We wouldn't trade this for the world. The only thing is we would have wanted a cup at the end of it. But it's not going to be another 28 years before we see something like this because these Canadians have a bright future. Jacob deGrom said Wednesday that he will not be attending the All-Star game at Coors Field. He will instead spend time with his family and rest for the second half. deGrom, who was the first place Mets lone All-Star selection, lobbied for teammate Taiwan Walker to take his place in the game, saying he's 100% deserving to go. Walker, who has a 7-3 record with a 2.44 ERA, is in his first season with the Mets. Novak Djokovic raced out to a 5-0 lead before dropping three consecutive games to 48th-ranked Marton Vucevic. Djokovic eventually righted himself and beat Vucevic 6-3, 6-4, 6-4 at center court to reach his 10th semifinal at Wimbledon and 41st at a major tournament. 
Eight-time champion Roger Federer shockingly lost in straight sets to four-seeded Hubart Hurkacz. Federer and Djokovic have won a combined 13 titles at Wimbledon and made 30 appearances in the quarterfinals. The standings say the Dodgers are in a good spot, but the news and their recent play, well, they say otherwise. What's up? This is Jeff from Locked On Dodgers. So on a day that we found out that Clayton Kershaw is going to miss at least the next week and possibly more with a strained forearm, meaning probably more bullpen games in the near future for the Dodgers, a bullpen game came back to bite the Dodgers, or maybe more accurately, the fact that it was their 984th bullpen game in the last two weeks or whatever came back to bite them. The Dodgers now have three healthy starters and uh, a worn-out bullpen. They've lost the first three games of the series to the Marlins, this time on a walk-off home run by Jesus Aguilar in the ninth inning off of Edwin Uceta. Uh, there weren't many good options for the Dodgers in the ninth inning, and Uceta was the one that they chose of their bad options, and it ended up being a bad option. Uh, not much great to say about this game. The Dodgers did hit four home runs, but so did the Marlins. Uh, all in all, it's just an ugly game, and it's a rough patch. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this month on betonline.ag. In 2016, the United States earned 46 gold medals at the Summer Olympics. Heading into the 2021 Summer Games, the betonline.ag line for the U.S. gold medal count sets the over-under at 42.5. China has the second highest total for gold medals. Their betonline.ag line sets the over-under at 35.5. And then our neighbors to the north, oof. Their bet online that AG line for gold medals is over under four and a half. For all your NBA playoff, baseball odds, golf odds, fight odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Here is another story you need to know. When it comes to hype, sports fans are used to being disappointed. Rarely does a player come in with oodles of hype and actually not only lives up to that hype, but surpasses it. Shohei Otani from the Angels has done just that. He hits his 32nd home run to break Hideki Matsui's record for homers by a Japanese player in a major league season. And it is July. What he is doing is remarkable. He's the favorite to win the home run derby. And he's a pitcher joining me now from Locked On Angels is Brent McGuire and Brent try and put some of this in context for me because I'm, I'm struggling. How unique is, is what we're seeing here? Just let's just start with the hitting part of this before we even get into, Oh yeah, by the way, he, he sort of plays both sides of the field here. Yeah. I think the best way to talk about Otani, I mean, first and foremost, 32 home runs before the all-star break. It's absolutely outlandish. It's seemingly every single baseball he hits is just, absolutely crushed and I think when you watch him day to day he's able to hit basically any pitch any zone he's unique in the way he hits home runs there are high home runs low home runs very hard hit home runs I mean he is truly a special talent at the plate that at this point is on pace for 60 something home runs this year it has been incredible to watch yeah and and his season is remarkable not just because of what he can do at the plate but that you have to figure out, okay, he's he's going to do this stuff at the plate and he's going to pitch. Help me understand this part of it because I, I think the, the casual baseball fan, the casual sports fan is going, 
wait, I don't understand how this all works. I didn't know we could get a player like this. I mean, the the uniqueness of what he's doing is is just it 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 is captivated me as, as someone who you know I, I I don't have the bandwidth to follow baseball as closely, you know, play to play, pitch to pitch as as the diehards do. But this is an incredible story for me. So I'm going to pivot a little bit here. I think the best way to kind of figure out how insane this two-way thing is, if you go play MLB The Show with Shohei Otani, you're going to see that his durability, after he pitches or he hits in a game, I mean, he can't play every single day. So what he's doing as a two-way player out there every single day is completely insane. I mean, we talk about what he's doing on both sides of the ball. But the fact that he's out there every single day doing what he's doing at the absolute highest level, that to me is one of the most remarkable things. I mean, the guy pitched seven innings on the mound on Tuesday, got the win. And then the following day, day game after a night game, hits a 433-foot home run, breaks the the Japanese-born player uh, home run record you just referenced. I mean, it is, again... It's really hard to fathom. There are times you have to pinch yourself and realize that this this has never happened before. What's the game plan for Phoenix in game two? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got nine delicious base flavors. Coconut almond is my go-to, but I also love peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. That salted caramel is so much better than any caramel you will find in any other protein bar. Built Bar made it all work it's unbelievable what they're able to do these things taste incredible and they're all covered in 100 chocolate and yet they are low sugar low cal high protein high fiber go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locks 15 to get 15 percent off your first order that's promo code locks 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com agree or disagree This is the Q of the day. The Phoenix Suns take game one off the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals, but they have to turn right around and play them again in Phoenix for game two. Giannis Antetokounmpo said after the game that he did not feel any pain in that injured knee, an injury that looked like it could have been so much worse. It's remarkable he is on the floor at all. Joining me now from Locked on Suns, Brendan Clean and Brendan When you look at what the Suns did in game one, we've had some time now to marinate on it a little bit. It seemed like they played really well. Are there adjustments they need to make moving forward? And if so, what are they? I think they need to be more ready to counter what Milwaukee might do, because obviously the losing team is going to be the one probably more aggressive, right? And I think we've learned that over the course of this Suns run that opponents tend to figure them out. And especially with how much they rely on Devin Booker and Chris Paul, you can bet things will not be quite as easy for them. You said they haven't played their best. The role players did not shoot the ball well. And I think that's what they'll try to unlock in game two on an offensive side. The other thing is a a big part of what separated these two teams was the free throw shooting. The Suns are on a historic roll in terms of their free throw shooting. They were this close to setting a, a finals record with free throws made without a miss for a game. And it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter that they actually missed one. 
Is is the officiating something that you think can be consistent game to game? Because the Bucs were one of the best teams in the league during the regular season at avoiding fouls, and yet you have this, this free throw discrepancy in game one. I think a lot of it comes back to the guy you talked about right at the top, which is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Obviously, the making of the free throws, the time that it takes him to make them has been the story. But I think if he asserts himself, if he can continue physically to be the player we know him to be, he will get to the line even more than the 12 times that he did in game one. And we we did not see a very aggressive Chris Middleton, a very aggressive Drew Holiday. The Bucks probably have, have it in them to demand some of those calls a little bit more than they did. The Suns aren't really a team that draws them. So honestly, them doing that in game one was a plus. I think if that evens out, you're probably going to see a closer game. Brendan, I was counting to 10 during that answer, and you went way over. Just the so crowd you know. behind me was screaming while you were doing that. It's it's like we're back in the arena. <laughs> so for, for the Bucks, they were trying to figure out what to do defensively with their pick-and-roll coverage. It, it essentially didn't matter what they did. When they played drop, Chris Paul and Devin Booker torched it. When they switched, Chris Paul and Devin Booker torched it. Do you expect that, that the Bucs need to make some sort of changes there, or do they just need to execute what they're doing better the way I've been thinking about it is I think they need to approach their two styles as if they are actually separate styles I think we're we're seeing them not always feel comfortable executing what it is that they need to do based on who's on the floor Brooke Lopez switching getting exposed and them not knowing how to clean that up and then on the opposite side you have when they do go small it feels like they don't necessarily have an awesome plan there so I feel like if they can have Brooke Lopez probably in a more conservative scheme. And then when they do go small, uh, not only be ready to switch, be ready to, to help in those situations. Giannis admitted today, he didn't feel comfortable knowing how and when to help when they switch. You don't want your best player to be feeling confused, right? And so I think if they can do that, and then obviously it's just going to come down to when they are small, they're going to have to score better because we can talk about the defense all day, but they just didn't have the offense that they needed to keep up with the Suns in game one. Japan is set to place Tokyo under a state of emergency that would last through the Olympic Games, fearing an ongoing COVID-19 surge will multiply during the Games. The Games already will take place without foreign spectators, but the planned six-week state of emergency likely ends chances of a local audience. A decision about fans is expected Friday when local organizers meet with the International Olympic Committee and other representatives. Just 15% of Japanese are fully vaccinated, low compared to the 47.4% in the U.S. and almost 50% in Britain. Nationwide, Japan has about 810,000 infections and just under 15,000 deaths. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on Friday, can the Bucks even the score in the NBA Finals? At least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.